0: I've been examining these new pictures of that new Dutch kid on tour, Tim, to make sure that he's up to our standards ever since he won that title. And let me just say, it's certainly not been a bother to do so. Josephina,
1: I think it's time for you to touch some grass. Hello everyone and welcome to Hold On To Your Racket, the podcast for Gen Z tennis fans. We're your hosts, Shravia
0: and Josefina.
1: Josefina and I are so excited to be creating this podcast and sharing our love for tennis with you all.
0: Shravia and I are a college and high school gal duo and two tennis fanatics united together by our on-the-court and off-the-court companionship.
1: And we're the female Gen Z voices in modern-day tennis you've been looking for, so we hope you enjoy this episode and stay tuned for more hello everyone welcome to episode 99 we are getting there josephina we are getting there to 100 and so josephina and i actually today was our first day as you know we've been working as tennis coaches today we had our summer camp start so we're now working the summer camp and wow it's a lot of it's a lot of tennis At at a slightly different level of tennis Than what we talk about on the podcast, you know, just a little bit different, but it's still fun. And this also means that our 100th episode celebration is coming soon and we'll be able to celebrate that together. Um, And we're super excited for that. And another monumental experience of the past few weeks has been an interesting change to our general intro. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, in case you haven't noticed, and in case you haven't been following up on the uh hold instagram on to socials exactly um, Shravia graduated from high school, which is crazy, amazing, so proud of her, and you all should be too, you know we're all part of the hotter family, we are all yeah. hotter and that's it
1: and at my graduation funny story um I was the student speaker, so I had to go give a speech. And our head of school did a little intro for me. And the last thing she mentioned, she was like, but tennis is her passion. And then she goes, and she was like, she also started and co-hosts a podcast called Hold On To Your Racket, which has listeners from blah, blah, blah countries and is for Gen Z tennis fans. So Hotter got its graduation moment, which I was very surprised to hear. And that was a
0: great little cameo very cathartic though considering it's a huge part of our lives now cathartic is that the right word no cathartic in a positive sense (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) cathartic means satisfying no 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 it like clicked into place how do you say that okay okay fitting yeah yeah okay well there's my english lesson for the day
1: so, yeah. Well, exactly. My point was that hotter was very much a part of the graduation experience and not only how are we transitioning into this new scape of the podcast, we were still obviously bringing that Gen Z perspective. Maybe next year hopefully our general intro won't be so clunky since both of us will both of us will be in college by that point. So bear with the clunky intro for one another year, year or Just one so. Year. Once Josephina graduates, let's hope she graduates. Oh, oh. If you don't graduate, we're going to have to deal with the clunky intro for another year. But I'm I'll kidding, I'm I kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. We'll have our, our, our a new, fresh intro back by then. So, awesome stuff there. A big thank you to Josephina. Josephina actually came up with the idea for the post. I thought it was very sweet. Um, uh, it's but just Hodder-
0: what
1: I do. Hotter has been a very big part of both of our high school careers, and we're excited to take it to college, um, so that's all fun, and also we had Father's Day a few days ago, I just wanted to take a moment for, on behalf of the two of us to show appreciation to all the tennis dads, including our own dads, including the dads on the tennis tour, and including the dads of players on the tour, and tennis dads in general, and also the tennis daddies. So, thank you to the Carlos Moyas and Juan Carlos Roger Federer's, Ferreros. Juan Carlos Ferreros, Pete Sampras's, etc., etc. I would put Joe Wilfred Songa in there.
0: Yes! Good call. Very good call. But, yeah, you know, we just need to show our appreciation because that's that's where the inspiration comes from, guys. So, Yeah that that was just our moment, you know, our little shrine to the tennis daddies.
1: Yes. Yeah. Big shrine. As if <laughs> every episode isn't a shrine because we find a way to mention it
0: somehow. Yes we do. <laughs> Taylor, Taylor Fritz. Fritz
1: Oh yeah, Taylor Fritz. Good good catch. Good addition. That is true. Alright, let's move into some hot headlines. I think this is one of the most exciting headlines we've had in a while because when I heard about this news I was like oh my goodness
0: yeah so Serena Williams the queen of queens she is back she announced it six days ago that she will be playing at Wimbledon this year 2022 and she hasn't been on the tour since Wimbledon of last year that is 365 days people and um if you don't remember, it was kind of a bad experience for her. She slipped on the grass in the first round and was forced to retire, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, I don't know what happened since then. She wasn't, she wasn't even seriously injured. It was just like a series of, of events that just didn't allow her to play tennis for a while. And her coach left her because of it. But this just shows never give up on Serena Williams.
1: Exactly. Um, she received a wild card this year, so she actually wasn't on the official entry list until after the wild card came out, um, so that's actually really exciting, um, but also interesting, maybe she sort of, well, also her ranking is super low, that's probably a reason why as well, um. But the most exciting part about all this is that she's going to be warming up for Wimbledon by playing doubles with An Jabor in the Eastbourne two fifty tournament this week. So on June tenth actually, kinda of to give you a timeline of how all of this developed, on June tenth she posted on Instagram um, a photo with the caption, I'm thinking of something that may make you go bananas. Stay
0: tuned. She said and- strawberries.
1: And people on Twitter were very smart and they thought this was a potential Wimbledon um, announcement post because there was like, she was wearing a white shirt and it was a green background. So they kind of thought that maybe, and the green background was like plants and stuff. So they thought that maybe that was on purpose. Then four days later on June fourteenth, she posted a photo of her white grass court tennis shoes on a grass court. Um, And captioned it, SW at SW19. It's a date. 2022. See you there. Let's go. Hashtag Rena's Army. So this is all to say that we are so excited to see her finally back. And wonder what this means for the rest of her career, right? She doesn't have that much time left. But we've been so eagerly anticipating a return that this is going to be a real test to see what she can bring to the tennis court.
0: Can I just ask, what is SW19?
1: SW nineteen is, I believe, um, the Wimbledon like location or like zip code or like area code or something. Oh. I think, but it's what they use to refer the Wimbledon location.
0: Okay, but that's neat. That is the same um, initials. But anyways, this would be her twenty first appearance at Wimbledon, which is just incredible. It's <laughs> like more years than we've existed. Um and she is Oh yeah. She is like Shravya said currently ranked very you know, she's high up there. I wish she's basically off the rankings. Yeah, yeah. Because ever you said that we spoke about this saying that since nobody would get points for Wimbledon this year and she's playing this without points by the way. This is purely symbolic. Oh, yeah. I just realized And I think
1: Wimbledon's always been her favorite, too. Yeah,
0: honestly. And, yeah, she's currently ranked 1,208th on the WTA Tour. Um, But still, you know, and like we said, the most exciting part is the fact that she's playing doubles with Ange another one of our faves. And An's actually said about this... Before we just talked a little bit, we never really talked tennis. She was just very nice, and I love kids so much. And I saw Olympia; she was so cute, and I said, "Like she is really cute." Aww. Is, ah! I can't believe that Olympia is like at the middle of this. She is a natural born diplomat, matchmaker, doubles matchmaker. You know,
1: it's awesome. Anz also explained that Serena was the one who requested the pairing, which is really funny. Um, And she said about her response to Serena, asking her was not a second to think about it. It's an obvious yes. And then she said, she's a legend. I'm really nervous. Um, And actually, I believe it was Venus's coach who asked Ons if she would consider playing doubles at all. Um, And then this was sort of set up. So they play their first match together tomorrow. They're playing Cerebus Tormo and Buskova. Um, They, I think, both had some pretty good success in doubles, especially Buskova. So let's see. Um, Serena's obviously um, a doubles Grand Slam champion multiple times over. So she certainly knows what she's doing. But I think it's a really interesting choice for... Serena to take on the Stubbles opportunity as a chance to warm up and especially with Ons who we're going to talk about later has been doing really well on the grass
0: yeah but um some other very exciting news um actually a lot of news about goats if you ask me um so Rafael Nadal if you haven't heard you are probably living under a rock but he is a father now he is part of that category we were talking about we can add him to the shrine and um, so essentially what happened is that first a Spanish gossip magazine called hola released an article speculating that Rafael Nadal's wife Mary Parello is um, pregnant with Rafa's first child so a little background about her they married
1: Yay! Those little belated applause, but yay,
0: they're pregnant, <laughs> but they married in twenty nineteen they've been- ar- like together for around fifteen they've been years, around maybe, for- <laughs> maybe longer, <laughs> but um, just like what it was kind of weird though, because like it wasn't confirmed for a while by yeah. Rafa. It took like maybe I think about five days for it to be officially confirmed, but like this article was simply based on rumors and actually a photo a
1: paparazzi photo
0: images of mary wearing like looser clothes recently that made it seem as as if she was hiding a bump just saying like if these rumors were false it was literally body shaming and i didn't like the way this
1: came out yeah
0: me neither and i feel like like this is huge like rafael nadal and his wife are having a baby i really like truly thought they should have been able to release it on their own And who knows, they might have been planning this, like, extravagant social media release or something, which would have been awesome.
1: Or even, if not, the whole point is, like, the reason people often wait is because they want to make sure the baby is healthy, that the developing baby is healthy, before they make an announcement, and then some accident happens. So that's another reason why um, I think you should always respect the parents or the prospective parents um, expecting parents to be the ones making the an announcement. But regardless of all that, in a press conference on Friday at the Mallorca Open, he confirmed that his wife is in fact pregnant. And, um, you know, he said, as I was to my point before, if all goes well, I'm going to be a father. He said, I don't know what will change in my life because I don't have experience, but I don't think it will change my professional life.
0: So, that's a nice sentiment. He spoke very shortly about it, though. We don't even know when the baby is due. We don't know anything, really. Yeah. So, luckily, that's one thing that the paparazzi can't release on their own. Honestly, like, imagine Rafa just posted, like, without a caption, just the sonogram photo. Like, Imagine what that would have done I to the so tennis
1: world. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what? Wait, well before I say that, I um I just do wish they had the privacy and the ability to share that news on their own. I feel like it's something really special to be able to share on your own and like to have it like through that little paparazzi like guessing game was kinda of weird and not ideal, obviously. I feel like that's kind of tough for them to hear, but I'm so excited for them. Rafa gives such ba- like dad energy all the time. I feel like I was saying this last episode or the episode before or maybe in a conversation to Josefina privately that I think he gives so much dad energy that this is going to be this is perfect. I was th- I'm waiting for this. Yeah. This is going to be amazing.
0: And as far as we know, he has a very supportive family behind him, so that yes. baby is going to be loved. What about
1: playdates with, Ro- with Roger's kids?
0: Honestly, he would be- Or like, really big, big four playdates.
1: Big four children playdates.
0: That would be crazy. Eh, big four? I think you mean big three. Wait, big four as in Stan, Andy, Rafa and Roger- <laughs> Wait, Dan. Stan.
1: The oh, man. Stan. Stan. Yeah,
0: Stan, Stan the man. The man. yeah, he doesn't have kids yet. He doesn't? Daniel Medvedev. <laughs> does he have a kid?
1: No.
0: No, Kachano does. Yes. Yeah, I forgot about him. Yes. That's yes. who I was thinking. Taylor
1: Fritz. We have some dads on the tour. We do. But yay, baby Rafa is coming. All right. Um... We have one more piece of news, which is that Naomi Osaka is out of Wimbledon, which is pretty sad. We were both super ready for Grass-Omi, and she posted on Instagram a couple days ago this little notes app post.
0: Yeah, she said, um, it was titled, After the Storm Comes the Calm. She said, um, like, this is a saying that I'm actively trying to master. I feel like life keeps stealing cards and you're never going to be used to them. But it's how you adapt to uncomfortable situations that really says stuff about your character. I've been repeating mantras a lot in my head recently. I don't know if it's to subconsciously help myself through stressful times or to ease my mind into realizing that everything will work out as as long as I put in the work. 'Cause what more can you do? Every day before I go to sleep I think of all the people and love how and I love how grateful I am to have them in my life. I honestly just wish the best for them. And I hope that my existence brings them as much joy as they do to me. Okay.
1: <laughs> sorry, your face is really funny right now reacting to this.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just like I'm sorry, what does it have to do with little bit? <laughs> I don't know. Because what... But... I'm just trying to... Like, she said, life keeps dealing cards. Like, what cards? Like, you're not getting ranking points? Is that the issue here?
1: No, I don't think that's it. I think... Um... I think it must be a mental health thing continued. She's still trying to find herself in a better place. I'm
0: still Um, so surprised that she said she only started seeing a therapist at Indian Wells this year. I was like, what? So, and, what have you been doing?
1: Oh, wait. She also captioned, my Achilles still isn't right, so I'll see you next time. Oh, okay. So, I'm unclear about whether this is purely an Achilles issue or an Achilles plus mental health issue. But whatever it is, unfortunate. I feel like she keeps, you know, missing out on these things I for various reasons. I, le- I need a little more clarity because I need to see her more back in competition because I miss her playing, and she's a a talent that we really need on the tour.
0: It's, like, such a weird, like, gray medium, though, because it's like, at first, we were like, yes, go off, take care of your mental health. This has never been done before. But then, after a while, like, it's like, when you're a top athlete, mental health can't be an excuse, you know what I mean? Or not
1: even that, like, it's it's just. She I think it's. Prog- I think it's she progressively gotten more and more unclear what she, especially this season, uh, more and more unclear about what exactly is going on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which again, she doesn't really. She's been transparent, but like recently, it's like it's. That's what I'm saying. Like sayings like these, I'm. I, there's no context, honestly. Yeah. I don't fully understand.
1: Which is why I'm confused if it's an injury thing or an injury plus something else thing, which would, like, make fans and, and tennis fans in general a little more um, concerned because we obviously want to see her back and in a good place. Maybe this comm- change in communication is a result of her th- seeing a therapist. I don't know. But it's nearing on to, just, you know, what, like, a year
0: plus? More, because the last French Open. Two years of
1: this sort of... Hiatus. Yeah.
0: Like well, actually, hiatus. I guess,
1: I guess it was well. No, since Australian Open twenty twenty one, yeah, that's... really like Miami Open twenty twenty one, yeah, that's fair. Um, so a year and a half of this, which is sad and concerning. I just hope that she is taking steps that are eventually going to get her back because, as you said, it's becoming confusing. Obviously, we can respect her mental health and stuff, and she doesn't obviously have to disclose, like, what's, like, going on, but it's progressively becoming more and more unclear is what I think we're trying to say.
0: Yeah, and it's odd because she started out being, like, so clearly transparent, but then Mm -hmm. as time went on, that kind of faded away.
1: And I think also as fans, we just miss seeing her on court. I think there was so much of an expected dynamic of what the WTA tour was going to look like with her playing and dominating, and now that's totally changed, and yes, it's great to see Iga in control, but... I think people are craving more of like an Iga and Naomi sort of battle where it's not just one person.
0: But unfortunately, at the top Naomi right now. is busy battling her self. Yeah, but that's like totally fine though. It's just yeah, we just wish we had a little more transparency so that we could sympathize better. Cause like we are trying, honestly. Like as fans that want to see her in court, we're trying to understand. But it's it's tough when it's like coming in riddles like this.
1: Yeah. In other news, Nick Curios has signed with Evolve, which was Naomi's new sports agency. So there's that. I don't know what else to say.
0: <laughs> I mean, success off court, that always helps. That's what Serena was doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm actually really interested to see how Evolve will evolve. evolve. Mm mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> tennis talk time. Um, so we're just going to analyze what we've seen on the grass so far and how we feel like it's going to shape the Wimbledon field. So let's go through our grass court champions so far. First, we had the Libema Open, the ATP 250, um, where Tim Van Ritoven, a wild card, defeated Daniil Medvedev in the final to win the title.
0: Yes. Um, this was his second tour level event. He got a wild card here. He took out Fritz, Gaston, uh, Felix Auger-Aliassime, uh, Medvedev, and he received a wild card into Wimbledon, which is phenomenal because that means we get to see more of his face. The- Anyways, <laughs> on the WTA side at the Lima Open, uh, it. Wait. Also, wait. Let me just mention. Tim was a wild card into this tournament. Oh yeah. This
1: was only his second tour-level event as well. So, impressive stuff from Mr. Tim. Tim Tim, <laughs> Jose. If you can't tell, he's being added to Josephina's list. Um, yep. Yep. As yep. you were saying, WTA saying, side.
0: The WTA side, we have um, at the LIMMO Open, the same tournament, uh, Ekaterina Alexandrova defeated Arina Sabalenka in the final to get that title, very exciting stuff, and you know what, I think Shravida should take this one. Yeah, this
1: was the boss open, the ATP 250, and the boss himself, Matteo Berrettini, coming back from hand surgery, skipped the clay season, hasn't played since before then. We haven't really seen much of him at all. He's been struggling with injury. He came back after that surgery in this first tournament to take the title after defeating a resurgent Andy Murray in the final. So, honestly, great for both of them. I loved this final matchup. I thought it was a win-win situation. But, obviously, fitting that the boss won at the Boss Open. And at the Nottingham WTA 250, we had grass court rising superstar Beatrice Haddad-Maya defeating Alison Risk in the final.
0: Yes, and then at the Bet 1 Open, a WTA 500 event, we had Ons Jabour taking another title this year, defeating Belinda Bencic in the final. Very exciting stuff from Ons, and probably what caused Serena to reach out and ask for a doubles team-up. And then we have the uh, Cinch Championships, or Queens Club, Championships, where uh, also an ATP 500, where Matteo Berrettini, of course, I mean, again, I don't back know to back, I said, of course, back to back titles. Uh, he defeated Philip Krajinovic in the final. Very, very impressive stuff from Matteo lately on grass. And then the uh, Halle Open, Tara Wartman Open, also an ATP 500, a lot of 500 events which might make up for the fact that there's no, um, thousands on clay, on grass, yeah. I don't think it makes up for it. I think it's
1: insane, I think it's unfair, I think it's bad.
0: Yeah. And, uh, Huber Hercatch defeated Daniel Medvedev, so a star-studded final indeed right. And so we had Daniil
1: Medvedev making two finals in grass already. Matteo Berrettini winning two titles on grass already. And Beatrice Haddad Maya has also completed this duo trend and also won two titles on grass already. Taking the Birmingham WTA 250, defeating Shuai Zhang in the final. So clearly we're seeing some standout players here. So right away, getting into it, who are the strongest grass players at the moment, based on what we've seen? On the ATP side, I think without a doubt, we're going to talk about Matteo Berrettini um, as the strongest player on grass at the moment from what we've been able to see. So, he's coming back from hand surgery. This is mighty impressive. So, um, he's defending his title at the, um, wait, he won the Boss Open last year also? Defending. Oh, wow. Okay. So, the Boss Open was called something else then, but he won um,
0: Stuttgart. that
1: again. Oh, right. Stuttgart. So, defending that title. His family came to watch him win, and obviously Andy Murray a great run there as well. And then he won the Queens Club Championships, the coveted five hundred title. Um, also defended that title there with the massive trophy. Um,
0: I think massive he, trophy bigger than Grand Slam trophies. Yeah,
1: I think. Hold on, let me pull up what Diego Schwartzman's comment was on Berrettini's post because it was so adorable. So Berrettini posted a photo. That said, couldn't live without my not-so-little friend. Honored to be able to defend my title here at Queens. Thank you all very much for all the support, which is uh, a photo um, with the big trophy. And then Diego Schwarzman commented um, in Spanish, but I'm gonna... uh, He said, what it translates to in English is for a little Mateo. So, it was like kind of like joking that Mateo is so tall that like, the big trophy is, like, a big trophy for a small Mateo. I thought that was funny.
0: <laughs> I love Diego Schwartzman. He will always be top two.
1: But, Loki, what's going on with him this season? I feel like he hasn't been, you know, up there like he used to be last year. He just he's year.
0: More on Instagram. He's That's the best true. He's Instagram. That
1: is true. Speaking of Instagram, Mateo's also been upping the social media game. I mean, I, have like... For We were, post-breakup, we were kind of in this, like, foggy mirror selfie era, which I personally didn't really like, because they were bad quality mirror selfies. <laughs> like, obviously he looked great, but, like, the photos were just bad. I don't think it was what he was going for. Now he's been upping it up. Like, wholesome content, ice baths, like, peace perfect. signs, like, locker room photos of him eating pasta right after winning the Queen's title, um, or not the title, maybe, like, one of the matches. Um, he knows what he's doing, he's making sure his posts are shirtless, but it's honestly is wholesome content, um, and I love that. And one last thing about him, he actually talked about his breakup in a press conference with Isla Tomyanovich, of course, was so Heartbroken Over. It's actually really funny, because at the summer camp that Josephine and I work at, the tennis camp, one of the activities in the afternoon is tennis trivia, and our head coach kind of gave us a list of questions we could possibly ask and one of the questions was name any for the kids name any tennis couple like on the on tour and one of the options is Matteo Berrettini and Ila tomianovic so they haven't really updated that and the spelling is all wrong too but we were we took personal offense yes um but what he said in the press conference was Yeah, I'm single, but it's not something that I'm looking for. It's not that I wake up and say, now I have to find love. It's just another day. (laughs) Overall, I'm spending more time with my team, and I spent a lot of time with my family when I was injured, and I enjoyed a different kind of life for a little bit. When you said me, that reminded me. Last episode, we talked vaguely about a tennis crush that you had. How's that going? Have we lost feelings?
0: Are we still there? What's the deal um I'm in like honestly currently just in an overload because I just got back from like a pretty long trip I was away you know I had time to think reflect meditate have have my own woman time and um today camp started which we spoke about also a lot and I think I think. Um, it's gonna be a nice round out to this situation. I think I'm gonna leave no feelings hurt. I- I'm gonna be okay.
1: Wait, what's the, that just sounded like a Naomi Osaka notes set statement. It made no sense. <laughs> it was a lot of words, but it <laughs> made
0: no sense. Um, I... You know, maybe it'll play out. Maybe it won't. That's basically it. I really have no idea what's going on. Did you make a move? Kind of. I'm not sure if it was reciprocated, though, because, my lord, I don't understand men. Yeah. That's it. That's the bare, like, that's the bare bones of it. Um, Yeah, I made a move. I was like, obviously, because I'm a tennis player, this is a tennis podcast, I was like, I can't think of any other way to make a move, so I'm just going to ask him if he wants to hit this summer. (laughs) At least you did it. He said an enthusiastic maybe. An enthusiastic maybe. Hey, we can live with that. We can live with that, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm leaving this no feelings hurt. I'm chill. I'm cool. I had my time. And I think it always shows law when you make a move. Yeah, exactly. So I came out of this a winner. Always a winner. That's yes. Okay. Well, back to more important things and things I like discussing. (laughs) Um, More tennis. So another player that uh, is a very strong grass player at the moment, we already mentioned him is uh daniel medvedev and it's very sad that we won't get to see him at wimbledon considering he had this amazing lead up to what would have been the grass grand slam but he will be he was oh my gosh he was a finalist in Halle. He, didn't he win last year because i remember we made that TikTok tennis video and i said hall and you said, no, it's pronounced Halle. So now it's stuck in my mind. And I'm pretty sure we said Daniel won. Ugo Umbert won. Okay, so maybe I was wrong. That's a throwback though. Ugo Umbert, where are you? Anyways, um, so Daniel was a finalist in Halle and he did not lose a set until the final. Phenomenal, um, what's it called? Performance. However, at the final, his encore behavior was horrible. And um, so, essentially what happened was that he was losing horribly at the end of the first set and at the beginning of the second set. And he began, like, yelling and screaming at his coach, uh, Gilles Servara. I hope I pronounced that right. Maybe Gilles. 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 (laughs) She ended up leaving the court as the audience applauded him actually for not taking any more of Danielle's behavior and then Danielle later apologized saying he was certainly not easy to be with on the court it's like okay BS. this excuse. is what all
1: these ATP players do they mess up with their behavior big time They're Oftentimes, like, repeatedly they apologize and they move on yep. and do it again
0: But honestly, I hope that he was punished in, like, practice later. Like, maybe he's still doing suicides as we speak. Right? I hope so. Let's clarify that
1: suicides are a running exercise, if people don't know. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, my God. Today, I was in, like, my regular tennis class playing with kids, and then, like, a couple of people hit winners against me. I was not doing great, by the way and i said nice shot cuz i was still in coach mode i was like wow great shot <laughs> i said this multiple times by the way and i kept catching myself like stop please
1: stop <laughs> um last top contender we've highlighted here is hubert hercatch stunning performance at hautley a really strong grass season led up to um, may lead up to defending or even bettering his semi-final spot at Wimbledon twenty twenty one, where in the quarters he took out Roger Federer with that bagel, if we remember. Oh my God. Obviously, don't me. this is his first ATP five hundred title. He came back into the top ten with this win, and what people were talking about were Harkat's return this tournament. During his match against Felix, um, two tight tiebreaks. Obviously, we know Harkat is a great server, but his returns were on fi- fire, and he because Felix was serving amazingly. And Hurgut actually admitted that he was guessing on the return. So he was looking at the clock and based, because he couldn't read Felix's serve, he was looking at the clock and based on whether the time was even or odd, I believe, he would lean either left or right um, for the return, which I thought was really funny. Um, And I guess it goes to show that sometimes you just can't problem solve or like you just can't, you know, figure something out. So you just gotta see what's working, trial and error, and I think that ended up working for her coach.
0: clearly. He's also very long, so if he did lead left, it's not much of a problem if Felix is served right. I see.
1: Yes. On the WTA side, our top players, our first one, we're gonna obviously talk about Anz Jabbour taking the Bet 1 Open title reaching a career high of number three. And we know she's great on grass because last year at Wimbledon, she made the quarters. And this year in general, she's really been building up momentum aside from that French Open loss, um, the first round, because she was one of the favorites to win that title. But on know reaching the Madrid title, the Rome final, I think these big titles are really showing her capabilities. And to translate, uh, (laughs) transition, So quickly from clay to grass and the fashion that she's done um, is really promising. Her momentum seems to be carrying. And we know she can excel on the grass based on her performance last year. So I think that that bet one open title was certainly a confirmation of that potential.
0: And then we have the um, Coco Golf, And she just made her first Grand Slam final, which is just phenomenal the fact that she made it like we thought she would make it far but dang so early amazing um but she made the bet one semifinals. she defeated plishkova in the quarters and she lost to jabour who was the eventual champion so not bad she just showed a phenomenal transition from clay to grass showed a lot of poise so this could be very promising leading into the her grass season -hmm.
1: definitely big maturity there and she finally showed that she can reach these deeper levels um even at the slam level so that maturity is really impressive especially with switching surfaces and then lastly belinda bencic bet one open finals consistent play throughout this year and throughout her career she actually has the highest win percentage on grass she's always been a sort of grass course force to be reckoned with. And, again, we're picking the strongest grass court players basically out of whoever is playing right now, who we've seen play. Like, obviously, Iga Swiatek, we haven't seen her play on grass yet, so um, we can't exactly put her into the strongest grass course players at the moment category. But Bencic, I mean, her win percentage on grass in her career is 70.6 versus her percentage as um, 64.5 on hard courts. on clay courts, and 66.1 overall, so that 70.6 is certainly an outlier there, and in a good way.
0: Yes, and then our other section is, like you said, we didn't get to mention people like Iga Sviatek, but we also have some Dark Horses, or um, Iga Sviatek's category, honorable mentions, and for kind of the lead-up to the grass season, lead-up to um, Wimbledon. So on the ATP side, we're going to start with uh, Tim. Yeah, Tim Van Reichtoven. I'm assuming it's pronounced like Beethoven, so Reichtoven, Nice. Anyway, at the Libama Open, which we already spoke about a little bit, like we said, just his second tour event came in ranked 205, left on the brink of the top 100. He plays, played as a wild card, and he's now the lowest-ranked tour champion in 2022. And love this guy. Because he even said something after he won about um van de Zanschel paving the way for Dutch tennis for him. So, major, major respect I hope they play doubles at some point. That's so cute.
1: I like I know. that.
0: And, um, okay, this is something I put here, but it's something I really do believe. I think that Tim looks like a young JFK. That's it. That's all I had to say.
1: Ponder, browse through photos. Let us know what you think. This is all Josephine is thinking
0: FYI. If you <laughs> if you like just make the photo black and white or something cuz like obviously Tim has really blue eyes and I'm not sure <laughs> I'm not sure what color James eyes are. But um yeah, just make it black and white and you'll see what I mean. Um
1: anyways, next Next, Rafael Nadal. We're gonna mention him here because he's yet to play on cra- clore- bleh, 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 words. Um, yet to play on grass. He is set to play in Majorca, and he did say that he's gonna try to play Wimbledon and is playing Wimbledon, which is not honestly what I was expecting because of the whole foot thing. He said he is undergoing foot treatments, and obviously, if he's able to play Wimbledon, he's in pursuit of the calendar Grand Slam, which is what Novak was looking for last year, but obviously wasn't able to realize at his u.s open loss um so you know obviously going to be a force to be reckoned with here um but grass hasn't always been his best surface he has excelled there for sure um comparatively but we are seeing some really strong performances from the likes of barrettini and her um that could maybe pose a little bit of a higher threat in addition to of course novak djokovic and then lastly, we got Felix Ojeel Yassim here. Lebema opened semis, lost to Tim in three sets, and the Halle Quarters, where he lost to Herkach in that tight match. Um, so he only lost to the eventual champions. Ch- champions. And, you know, he did have a little mini-flop era in the middle of the season, but has been showing increased maturity overall, and I think that that French Open match versus Nadal really proved his potential. So i mean he does do well on the surface reached the wimbledon quarters last year which was the start of his big tournament slam breakthrough because obviously after that he reached the u.s open um quarters as well um so you know overall just great stuff from felix um and i hope he can have a good week yes
0: for sure two weeks two weeks uh what's it called? The fortnight Yes, a good fortnight. Um, so then we have the WTA side finally for these uh dark horses and kind of neuter nodder, N- notable and notable, honorable mentions. Notable and honorable mentions. Yup. Okay, so first up, we mentioned her already, but we gotta mention her again because my gosh, this girl is on fire this girl is on fire okay uh so Beatriz Haddad Maya she has been steadily on the rise throughout this year she was just for the record ranked 218 in June of 2021 now follow the story and we'll tell you her ranking now and she has chosen the grass season to truly showcase her talent She's won two consecutive titles, first Birmingham, then Eastbourne, both 250s. So, perfectly um, prestigious tournaments. Um, And with that, she jumped up 50 ranking spots. So, this is in addition to whatever she's done throughout the year. And she has 10 consecutive match wins now. And now, she is ranked number 29 in the world. So, she's heading into Wimbledon um, with a kind of good chance of being seated even, which is phenomenal because she deserves it if anything. She's been rocking the grass season. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and honestly being <laughs> seated would be great because that would be obviously a huge advantage to her. And because all the other top players probably don't want to face her in the first round. See that's what happened with Nick Curios. He is not going to be seated at Wimbledon, which is bad news for him, because he could face a top s- seeded player. <laughs> 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 he could face a seeded player in an, or in the first round, and also a seeded player could face him in the first round, which no one wants to, especially on grass. Um Next up, we have Iga Swiatek. We have yet to see her play on the surface this year. She reached the round of 16 at Wimbledon last year, where she lost to Jabor and um you know obviously Iga's been the player of the year for sure so far so I don't really have any doubt that she's going to be able to adapt her game um it's just a matter of the big reveal being at Wimbledon pretty much um but it's good she's taking time to rest but also since Wimbledon doesn't have any points it seems totally likely that she's going to hang on to her world number one spot just fine She has (laughs) nearly doubled the amount of points as Annette Contivate, who's in the spot behind her at number two, which is kind of funny that she's at number two because poor girl has been out and not doing so well in her matches for a bit now because she is still dealing with the after effects of COVID, which is really sad. And again, just a reminder to still be careful and be mindful of, you know, how um, tough it is not just for these regular people, but even just, like, top-level athletes. Um, She pulled out of eSport, actually, so we do hope she gets well soon. I mean, I had COVID a few weeks ago, and my voice is still, like, kind of gone right now. That's why I have, like, a lingering um, cough, even though I otherwise feel totally fine. Um, But Annette Contivate, I really do hope that she feels better because I don't think I know people aside from this one user on tennis twitter who are like as massive and at Contivate fans as you and I
0: that is ridiculous to me cause first of all just take one look at her instagram, instagram! second of all well the instagram is a big thing um
1: her game all, is so
0: fun it like, is she's so she's aggressive so, just her like her her attitude is always phenomenal her energy I love yeah. it yeah I love it. I love Annette. Come back, please save us. Um, but yeah, and then we have uh Arena Sabalenka. So she reached the semifinals at Wimbledon last year. So grass definitely suits her game. We've seen that from her already. And despite a rough start to the year, uh, she's been building up her consistency, which is great. And then reached the just... LaBeva finals. Yeah, which is great for her. Yeah, it was. No, I don't know. Yeah, it was. Alexandrova defeated... Sabalinka. Yes. Yes. Okay, so, finally, we have Karolina Pliskova, who is the defending finalist at Wimbledon, so just keep an eye out for her. I mean, obviously, she does well in the tournaments, so, like, let's see what happens. Yeah.
1: I think it's grass season is funny, because we have a little bit of lead-up tournaments, and... We kind of have to draw a base on that, but a lot of the top players just aren't playing those tournaments, like Iga Shuiatek, obviously, uh, Pliskova, she did play, actually. Um, but, you know, we can draw some conclusions and predictions, but not enough to totally form um, what happens at Wimbledon, so I do think we're going to be in for some surprises. Obviously, explaining that Serena is coming back, and then Nadal is able to play, let's just hope that both of them stay healthy. Um... Especially considering where they are in their careers. Um, But I'm looking forward. I don't, I'm, I'm, I've never been this excited for Wimbledon, I
0: don't think. It's going to be different. Such a different (laughs) uh, dynamic.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. And that is game, set, and match for today.
0: If you like this episode, please let us know and stay tuned for more. We'll be providing you all the coverage of upcoming tennis and, of course, all the tea on tour.
1: Email us at holdontoyourracket at gmail.com for any questions and leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening on.
0: Hold On To Your Racket is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts.
1: Follow us on social media at holdontoyourracket on Instagram and at hotyr underscore on Twitter. Our next episode will be released next week as Wimbledon Beacons.
0: And remember, my name is Josephina. And my name is Sharavia. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to hold on to your racket until next time.